Yo, I am back. I know I wasn't there last week, but if you follow me or the podcast rather on social media, you know why. Unfortunately, I had some personal matters, but I'm back. But I'm saying this because I need all my regular listeners. I feel so disconnected. Like, I I don't know if you guys are following social media. I need y'all to engage more so I... Because I really do feel guilty when I skip an episode without telling you in advance, because I do appreciate you tuning in and looking out for a new episode. So please, it's sheru.thepod on Instagram. Everything is announced there. Uh, If there's something to be announced, video snippets appear there. So for all of you who only listen and haven't seen visuals from interviews, you can catch them there as well. So that's all I gotta say. Shayru is the only place to be. Shayru, through your speakers weekly. Shayru, get your liquor and unwind. Shayru, then you'll never be behind. Welcome to my place. Let's get into it. Welcome to episode 2.7, people. My guest this week is inspiring to the 10th power. Aside from her personal desire to consistently challenge herself and master new things, she's helped countless women metamorphosize and get out of their own way. A true influencer within her community, all without barely taking a selfie. Imagine getting all those likes and views in person. Ah, what a concept. When she's not inspiring everyone that catches her gaze, she's traveling to foreign lands to salsa with strangers who don't speak English and sip some cocktails with me at music festivals. That fountain where she dwells, death has her looking youthful and her energy is infectious. Y'all better get up out your seat and praise dance for the sexiest, flyest, dopest, first lady, slash, pastor, slash, biologist, slash, chemist, slash, philanthropist, slash, author, and slash, businesswoman I've ever seen, let alone meet. Mia Wright. Hey, Rudy. What a pleasure it is to be here with you. And listen... I think I'm going to redo my bio and just take everything you said and put that into on paper. So thank you for that amazing introduction. Well, shit. Thank you. I will say I could have gone a little longer. Like there were, I think I left some things out because I was like, maybe give them something to Google or something. Cause <laughs> you know? that's awesome. Like, no, thank you for coming. Thank you for joining me hey. all the way from Texas. Houston, Texas. Hey. Yeah. We're going to get into that. So do you have a beverage? I do. I have uh, actually two, but the one I'm having, I'm joining you. It's a new Amsterdam. Ooh. (laughs) What is it though? Um, It's a little vodka and roses lime juice. So we'll see. (laughs) Did you make, did you make it yourself? I made it. I shook it in my own shaker. (laughs) Oh my God. You're just like, oh, I shouldn't be drinking. Hold on. We should toast first. Let's toast. Okay, let, let me make a toast. We love to sing. Yes. We love to drink. Yes. <laughs> but most people want to hear us drink. Hmm. They do. Well, they don't well, want to hear us sing. <laughs> well, they... Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, that's very oh, nice. Is that's it? really nice. Uh-huh. Yeah. It is. I'll tell you this. I think I was distracted while prepping my drink because... Half of this glass is rum. I, I miscalculated. Ah. I'm drinking rum with ginger beer. Oh, I've never tried that. No. How was it? Yeah, it's like the foundation of a dark and stormy. This is kind of like the peasant beverage, mm. really. <laughs> the peasant beverage. Well, compared hey, to those, no, yeah. we know how to make you do what we do. That's all yeah. I say, right? We're I call getting it, to the same place. I always call it a miracle bar. I always say, hey, it started all off as water. <laughs> It did. And then he turned it to wine, right? Yeah, exactly. Look at me, me. low-key biblical. (laughs) Moving on. Uh, You got the word, girl. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I got that one word. That one word I got. Um, (laughs) So I want to 
break the ice with you a little bit with some like rapid fire questions. We're gonna loosen you oh, up. Cool. You know okay. what I'm saying? Okay. Talk I'm about some shit rapid fire Asian don't know about. You know? Uh-oh. Uh oh. <laughs> she said, uh -oh. You try to get me in trouble, girl. <laughs> yes. Yes. I want to see how I far see. I can get you while your husband is in the next room. All right, you ready? Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's go. All right. So, retirement or work happily till you die? Um, work happily till you die, but enjoy what you do, love what you do, and do it while you can travel. Okay. So, favorite place to travel to? God, I have so many places I love. I love I the know, whole world. Oh my God. It's like first world problems. It is. You can't see the sign behind me, but it says, where is Pastor Mia going to? And it's got a list of all these places, including Amsterdam. But you've been uh, here all so these places. I know it's places that I love. I'm not just always a creature I have. You know, some people always go back to the exact same place. I have right. a few places that I do go back to often, but I am a big explorer of the world. The Caribbean, I love the Caribbean just because I love the sea there, but I love Greece. I, I love water. I'm a water girl. So I love Greece. You actually get in the water or are you? A, oh, a, a, yeah. So you are you a different kind of black person. You actually get in. Yeah, I get Here. in the water. I go under the water. That's what I'm talking about. Scuba Here's the breaking the stereotypes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love water. My kids are like, do That's we have up. to get up at 5 a.m. to catch this boat? I'm like, yes, we do. Get up. Let's go. So your vacations are like fully planned out. It's not spontaneous. No, nah, no, nah, I have a combination. So we have some, a mixture, but I'll let you know this day we're yeah. up. No excuses. Everybody plan to be up. We ready to go at this time. And then we'll go. And then we have some, you know, work in just rest, chill, do nothing days. Oh, thank God. What song cheers you up whenever you're feeling down? You know what I one of the songs I've been playing on ro rotation lately is uh, Bobby Caldwell. What you won't do for love? Oh, I just love I love Bobby Caldwell. My friends wonder what is wrong with me. What is the The only song I know by Bobby Caldwell. Like, did he have yeah. other? Oh, he man. did have other songs. He's got several LPs out there, but you know, but what you won't do for love is the one. So that cheers me up. Anything by Luther cheers me up. I just don't wanna I love Latin music. There's a guy named Alexander Abru who is a Cuban salsa player. Anything by him cheers me up. I love Mark Anthony. 90% of his stuff. You know what I find? I mix it all up. Like you have not mentioned the gospel song. Oh, I love gospel too. Don't get me wrong. I, well, love I don't know. I don't know. The yeah. artists oh, okay. are, are somebody oh, is revoking everybody. your pastor card while we're talking because <laughs> you should have led with that. No. Um, well, you know, I grew up with gospel music, quartet music. I don't even know if people even on your broadcast know what quartet is. But my uncle was one of the founders of the um, Mighty Clouds of Joy, which was like one of the biggest. Are those like the school harmony groups? Yeah. They had full band and stuff back then. And they okay. toured a lot. So I grew up with a lot of that. Lord, I'm going to a place. I'll have nothing to do. But just walk around. Walk around. Today, I was just vibing on uh, Cece Winans, and she's got an older song that's been out for a while called All Right. And it just kind of reminds you that no matter what you're going through, God's got you, and it's going to be all right. There we go. That's the answer I expected. Um, there we go. <laughs> so, see, it, I'm full of unexpected answers. That's the problem. <laughs> I don't fit like, in the box of people. Curveballs. I'm like, I'm going to be drunk when I'm done. Uh, what are some of your pet peeves? Oh, smacking when you're eating. Oh my mm. God. Okay. Not knowing where you are when you're traveling. So I'm really <laughs> big, a big on world travel, right? So, yeah. you know, sometimes you may hit, like when we go to Europe, we may hit two or three countries. And sometimes we have people that travel with us and they don't know where they are. Like, oh yeah, I'm in England. Like, no, we're in France, you know, so either you're not paying attention or it doesn't matter to you. So when you travel to be engaged into that culture where you are, stay in the United States if that's the case, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, but I bet you some of them people will still not know where they're, like they wouldn't know which state or what city anyway. 
So yeah. who is your style icon? You know, back in the day, uh, Beverly Johnson, who was like one of the first uh, Black women to cover. I think she covered Vogue. Amazing, amazing. She, Amon, all of them. Um, I, I'm not really like big a big person to follow a lot of fashion and such. I like what I like. And, you know, if it looks good on me, I get it. I'm not a super big shopper. So, well... Uh-huh. Sometimes I can be, yeah, I was about but to say, what? not regularly. No, I'm not a big shopper. You know, like I can go, when I go to shop, I'm intentional about what I'm going to find. You equate big shopper to how much time you spend doing it. That's not, yeah. nah, you That's don't true. get a You shop, you got to <laughs> move, Moving on, because these are rapid questions. We're only on question number six. Okay, um, let's get to rap. Oh, let me get the concept of rapid fire. Let me get that. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, church folk, they don't know short. It's okay. I, I'm a preacher. I, get, I like to talk. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I'm, it's okay. I'm ready to receive. Um, someone you admire and still want to meet. Uh, Barack Obama and oh. Michelle Obama. Two of them. I'm surprised. Barack and Michelle. Michelle is not that many degrees of separation from you, is she? She isn't. Oh, okay. Oh, you just waiting. Really? It's going to happen in the I right time. You. Okay. Uh, what are your, uh, some of your guilty pleasures? I don't know if my salsa would be considered a guilty pleasure. It's just part of a hobby now. So it started out as a guilty pleasure, uh, but I just, I love to salsa dance. I love the Latin dance. So I don't just salsa, salsa, I do reta, I do um, uh, merengue, bachata. Oh, you sometimes moved up to the left one. Okay. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's kind of a side job now. Um <laughs> what was your last expensive purchase uh the apple yeah. watch i i i, I hesitated to say but it's the hermes you don't apple want watch. your husband to, you don't want your husband to hear you <laughs> no he said go ahead and get it it's the hermes apple watch so it's a certain branded oh, one yeah you should have yeah, oh, yeah 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 because when you started with apple watch i was like oh but it's hermes oh, okay you got the birkin of watches did you <laughs> Let me see. It'll be here next week. I don't have it yet. That's my old one, though. It'll be here next week. It's an old Hermes Apple Watch? No, this is just my old one. My new one will be here next week. If I didn't have home training, I'd be like really trying to figure out how much it costs, but I'll just Google that. Um, Yeah, just Google it. But all I can say is this. I'm a a geek person. So rather than shop for clothes, I'd like to buy tech. You get me buying technology more than you get me buying clothes. That's cool. So are there yeah. any embarrassing pulpit stories you feel like sharing? Oh, sure. I have plenty of them. But um, so I was like teaching this message about, you know, how we are called by God's name and we have these names that we associate ourselves with. Right. And, you know, people can say, hey, hey, niece. And boom, you're like, hey, that's my uncle. Hey, aunt. you know, so you will respond to certain names that people call you. And then I just kind of started talking about how sometimes when, especially when we're in bad relationships, you can call certain names that aren't good names, right? So, and you can either reject that name for yourself or you can embrace that name for yourself, right? So, and this was before uh, the use of the B word just became so common where people like, you know, hey B, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, don't call me that. So I, I really just don't, I'm not that girl that likes to be, you know, my girlfriends to call me a bitch. That's not going to happen. And so, yeah, so I was like preaching and then I was like, somebody called you, you know, and it was like, the word just flew out of my mouth. And I was like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> I just say that. And I felt so bad. Um, I just was like a load of apologies to the pastor after I was like, I'm so sorry. But the way, but you were saying it as an example. So it's instructional. So don't you yeah. get a pass? Listen, I have a sister-in-law that says sometimes a good old cussing is what people get. <laughs> Well, that's why I asked you before we started recording if if I if it's okay that I curse. I mean, I've cursed in front of you normally, but you know, now maybe you know you're like, well, I'm being recorded, so I don't know if I want to come across as super tolerant. That's no, I'm not that person. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, hey, people do you, and hey, you know, I'm not here. I'm not here to condemn you. That's not my calling. My calling is to help people to find their pathway through Christ. You know, to help them be at peace with themselves and always to seek. Um, something better. And I know that I'm here to seek a good buzz. So it's time for another, <laughs> it's time for another toast. You know why we're toasting why? now? In honor of Juneteenth being declared a U.S. national holiday. Yes. Tell me it what is. you know about it. June 19th, commonly known as Juneteenth and formerly known as Emancipation Day or Jubilee Day, marks the day that federal troops arrived in Galveston, Texas in 1865, taking control of the state and freeing all enslaved people. 
The Emancipation Proclamation was issued on January 1, 1863, which was said to be the day all enslaved Africans and Confederate states were to be set free. In reality, it didn't end completely. In fact, there were still enslaved people in states like Kentucky and Delaware, as well as in Texas, where there wasn't much military presence, so slavery continued. It wasn't until troops arrived in Galveston on June 19, 1865, that 250,000 people were freed. Juneteenth reached new heights in 1872, when a group of black ministers and businessmen established Emancipation Park in Houston, Texas. So now, 160 years later, the story of Juneteenth is still spreading. Today, Juneteenth is celebrated everywhere through family cookouts, parades, festivals, with residents, local businesses, and more. Texas was the first state to recognize Juneteenth as an official holiday in 1980. Since then, at least 45 states and the District of Columbia have moved to officially recognize the day as well. I didn't learn that in school. And I went to, exactly. I, I went to a school that did teach me some black history. Uh, in LA, I had a African-American US history teacher who, who went out of her way to spread some knowledge, you know? But even then the Juneteenth Good. thing was not it. What I feel about this being passed, it's, sure it's beautiful and it's great, but what I'm thinking about now is like, well, okay, we got that. But how about like just, you know, that bill making it illegal to lynch black folk or something? Like maybe let's pass that one. <laughs> like I'm just, I just feel like it's a little pacifying thing. It's one of those things, of course, you'd be cool with. I bet next they'll also finally put Harriet on a 20. You know what I mean? And then you're yes. still gonna be like, oh, great, but I'm still going down the street, you know? Yeah, so. yeah. It's a lot of work we have to do here in the USA. I think it's a start. And and I really am uh, glad. I grew up here in Texas. I'm from California. I've been in Texas for more than 30 years. And uh, Juneteenth was very much a part of our, our heritage um, being in Texas. And my mom was from Texas. She was born here in Texas. And so, um, you know, we used to celebrate. We had big family reunions every year. We go out to the country and it would be, you know, extended families. My uh, mother's grandfather was uh, a former slave. And so his, his family was in Tennessee and, and his owners gave them money. And so the brothers came to Texas, bought land in the early 18, I mean, late 1800s, right after uh, Juneteenth occurred, 1865, which was still almost two years. And so you can imagine that, uh, these black slaves, former slaves, buying land in Texas while there were still slaves in Texas, right? So yeah. Juneteenth was it was really a part, a, a big part of our family history and the and you know the sharing and stuff of it and what it, what it meant. And um, then I think as I got older, I didn't share that nearly as much with my kids. So my kids are like, yeah, what's Juneteenth now? It's a national holiday, so they're still learning. And I'm like, wow, you know, I kind of let this, this. Yeah, you slipping. Legacy slipping. die. Yeah, yeah, I let it die. Slipping. So, yeah, but right now I'm like so into everything. So, like, no, I so. can tell. <laughs> and I see like, you know, it's baby steps. I see it like, okay, now we can add this day to the mm -hmm. shortest month of the year, which is Black History Month. So together now we got a whole month. And, and the reason why, let me say, the reason why I think it's good is because for people who've never heard of it before, it now gives an opportunity to open a conversation, right? So people that don't want to talk about race or people that don't want to talk about was there slavery or, you know, that was so long ago, why y'all can't get over it? That kind of stuff, that kind of conversation, or I wasn't a slaveholder or, yeah, you know, yeah. my grandparents didn't have slaves, you know, so all yeah. of that, but people who still benefit from what has been the processes and the results and the systemic ingrained portion of it because of racism and because of slavery um a lot of people don't want to have that conversation i feel you hopefully so, hopefully yeah. we're educating so you said I you were so. born in la like you said but everything about you is uh, houston to the fullest you sound so <laughs> you're so country, Texas. Uh, southern sorry i know y'all you, you, oh. yeah you are <laughs> Uh, but you also grew up. You also grew up a little bit in Austin. It ain't getting no love. Like nobody talk about Austin no more. That's fucked. Oh yeah, Austin gets a lot of love. You but know. Not um, <laughs> let me tell you. Well, I say I have a not. lot of family there. Yeah, my grandfather's no. streets were named after my grandfather and stuff. 
Austin was my foundation and I love Austin. I would not want to live there, but, um, you know, I was if on I the first thing smoking. I'm like, I'm out of here. Members names on it. I'll be rolling slowly on them. Yeah. 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 Just- it's, it's like amazing when you're there, you're like, wow, look at my history, my legacy, all this stuff. But, um, we had a, we had a I had a blessed family. I, I really did. So, but Houston, <clears throat> Houston is is your home, obviously. You said for like thirty years. Yeah. They say they say H uh, Town is the stripper capital of the world. Have you it been is. to any for like research? No, <laughs> no. But a lot of strippers come to the church, and they were coming to because the a lot of homies saving. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all Jesus busy too. over there, huh? They need Jesus too. <laughs> you busy <laughs> just saving hoes every weekend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you this we had some that were coming to the church for a while right and then one of the ushers like hey you can't come in here with those clothes on so oh, they would come my- straight from the club right yeah they've been working all night yeah and you know hey and there was a couple girls in there that were really faithful at the church and they were like hey you know what i'm trying to bring my friends here because they need jesus they need to know jesus they get saved and you know it's a process so but they, people, they make, they will have plenty of ones for the donation plate. I feel like <laughs> y'all, listen, come on, y'all, enterprise. Girl, look, By the way, you know, I don't know if you know this, but I just heard that it is illegal in the state of Texas to own or promote more than five dildos. Illegal? Who's going to go in? Who's going to measure? <laughs> who's coming to count? <laughs> you didn't know? You didn't know? You got to alert the congregation, I say. Listen, oh, by the way, before I even go into the law, you could help me settle this debate that's going on earth right now, okay? Uh-huh. Pastor me. Yes, yes me. Is the Lord against masturbation? Why you ask me that, girl? <laughs> because um, the, I'm not, it's not about you. It's about the, the interpretation of the thing. Right. Of the scripture. There's nothing black and white that says in the Bible that you are not to do that. So there you go, people. Like Ladies, people, I mean, listen, um, I know people have used this for a long time. It's been a yeah. big conversation back and forth mm-hmm. on it. There's no black and white that says don't do it. So, you know, people are like, oh, you're going to go blind. Does anybody, has anybody been blind because of it? And so, you know. Well, uh, never mind. I'll, I'll save it. So about the okay. Dildo Law. So <laughs> it is crazy. very real. And it originated in 1973. Really? Uh, because of the conservative. <laughs> because of the conservative, conservative movement in 1973. Well, you know, like uh, the conservative views against uh, masturbation and sex toys or whatever. They There was like a stigma. Mm. So they had that thing. And a group called Cox Not Glocks has been protesting it heavy <laughs> over there because what is not illegal in Texas is owning six or more guns. As long as they're holstered, you can stroll down the street. So I you just, can have an AK-47 on your back and walk down the street. I'm just here to educate you, but, but yeah. only five dildos. So if you catch one with six, just hey. say let me throw another one in for you. So they want to regulate abortion. And so a woman really only have one child in one year, pretty much. I mean, she could over a 12 month period, she could have two possibly, but a man could have as many as he mm-hmm. has. So why mm-hmm. are we talking about the woman's body and not the man's body? So Texas has a problem. Oh, but that's not new Texas and Florida. Y'all kind of running that department. Yeah. But uh so yeah. Now you got something to tell, you know, your stripper congregation. Hey, they can only yeah. have I bet five, you they said no yeah, more than five, five. five. Six or more, it's a uh, clack cloud, jail time. First of all, if you need more than five, maybe it's not your ministry. Masturbation ain't your thing, <laughs> I think. Maybe you got a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe you need tools to of go the trade. Go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> go to the gym and find something else to lift um <laughs> Fuji's rapper Praz the, uh-huh. the one hit wonder one that folks forgot about is currently facing 20 years in prison You're 20 years in prison what do you do 
Well, apparently he and a fugitive financier named Joe Lowe, you can already tell by the name. Yeah, I'm giving my money. <laughs> they are facing okay. new, new criminal charges for allegedly orchestrating an unregistered back channel campaign to get the Trump administration to drop its $6 billion investigation of bribery and money laundering into their company, One Malaysia Development Berhad or something. So apparently they had like a, a GOP fundraiser. They used a GOP fundraiser to do this. Mm -hmm. um, so if they, they reopened the investigation now, so if they can prove it, this might be Proz's biggest hit yet. Okay, it's gonna be one for sure. He'll <laughs> be a more than a one hit wonder. Oh man. Yeah. That's jacked up. Okay, so I don't mean, do sounds... politics. Stay in your lane, people, you know. Hey. Or don't do money laundering and then try to get out of jail time. But you know, it's because um that was the period also where Trump was trying to pardon rappers, right? Like that was the thing. So he was trying yeah. to, you know. So your neighbor, mm. Megan, as in the stallion. She's just a member of my church. Okay. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> she, she just dropped the visuals for her song, Thought Shit. A conservative politician named Deanna Lorraine is claiming the video is about her. Oh. Yeah, I'm guessing this is yeah. her way of admitting she's that hoe over there. Because I wouldn't I'm, like, <laughs> like <laughs> I wouldn't just be like, hey. But That's I, me. Huh? Wow. I've been lit since brunch, that shit. Order 42 for the table, let's pop shit. Missionary or Jackie style on my top shit. Pussy ass niggas hate no me from the closet. Hoes trying to call me a snake, shit. I guess I can relate, cause a bitch spit a whole lot of dinner. And since these hoes all rats, when they come around me, all I see is a whole lot of dinner. I walk around the house, butt naked, and I stop at air mirror just to stare at my own posterior. I don't give a fuck who talk behind my back, cause the bitch knew better than to let me hear. Hands on my knees, shaking ass on my thigh shape. Hands on my knees, shaking ass on my thigh shape. Hands on my knees, shaking ass on my thigh shape. Hands on my knees, hands on my knees. <laughs> she feels that Megan might have a vendetta because she had accused her and Cardi B of setting women back 100 years with their WAP song. Mm, Do wow. you like WAP? I mean, the song? Um, oh man, hey, I'm going to hell. Um, let me tell you this. <laughs> women's empowerment. Do you consider those songs empowering per se? For, for their industry and what they do. Yes, but for the average person, it's not empowering, but it's your body. I, I, this is one thing I do believe in. I believe very heavily that this is my body and the resources that I'm giving, whether it's my brain or my hands or my creativity, my skills, that these are the things that I could use to develop you know, and help, whether it's helping others or helping myself to advance. Mm -hmm. And um, um, I I don't know all the lyrics to WAP, you know. I, I didn't really get you know what when it came WAP out. stands for. I, yes, well, then you know. Man, I ain't that far behind. <laughs> but uh. I said certified freak, seven days a week, wet and gushy, make that pullout game weak. Catch a charge, extra large and extra hard. I want you to park that Big Mac truck right in this garage. I don't cook, I don't clean, but let me tell you I got this ring. Now from the top, make it drop.
But let me tell you I got this ring Don't get wop 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 on this wet ass pussy Hey, it works for him. It works for him. So, uh, but yeah, y'all heard it here first. uh, Empowered woman out there. Go. I grew up on a variety of music. (laughs) Don't try to be all proper now. Yes, I'm getting proper. Oh, I just changed. I'm ready to change up on you. Have a sip. Have some Amsterdam. You're sipping slow too. That shit is still full. Come on, pep, pep. I know it's sweet. It's really sweeter than I thought it would be. I'm not a big sugar person. Mm. but yeah so, so what was that where's some rapid fire we have forget the rapid we're just firing now no the rapid fire section been over we're in the oh, pop okay. culture section now oh oh yeah. well, let me get my head together it's the new amsterdam no you don't have to get your head together you go i will lead you to the promised land <laughs> okay come on girl yes i will lead okay. you to the mountaintop so remember gorilla glue girl yeah. Tasika Brown, um, AKA dumbass. For those of y'all that know me know, my hair has been like this for about a month now. It's not by choice, no. When I do my hair, I like to you know, finish it off with a little got to be glue spray, you know, just to keep it in place. Well, I didn't have any more got to be glue spray, so I used this Gorilla Glue Spray. Bad, bad idea. Y'all, look, my hair, it don't move. You hear what I'm telling you? It don't move. I've washed my hair 15 times. Um, she just <laughs> announced that she's releasing her own line of hair care products. Good for her. She'll be starting off with a hairspray called Forever Hold. I wouldn't be using it. However, let me say this. I well, love people that turn lemon lemons into lemonade, you know. So is this turning lemons into lemonade? She better do something. Yes, she needs to do something because that was the dumbest stuff ever in the world. You know, I there is a gorilla never- hair stuff, but you bought gorilla glue in a different aisle, and then you thought I'm gonna make my hair stay slick. It's not gonna move. And but part of her tagline is all my products will be able to be washed out with water. Well, bitch. Oh, sorry. Woman. <laughs> the, um, oh, man. I censored myself. Made me forget my thought. No, I mean, <laughs> you're not meant to wash out the Gorilla Glue because that's the point. It's permanent mm-hmm. adhesive, woman. That's why I can't. Well, more power to I would never trust someone who can't read to manufacture shit that I'm going to use. She's an uh, educator. She can read. She an educator. She, she's a teacher. Shut up. This is why nobody knows about Juneteenth because of that. She's an educator. Straight from the bottle. (laughs) This is some bullshit. What? Oh man, I'm glad I didn't know this while it was going on. I would have had like a whole aneurysm. Oh, you know, you know. Let me say this. I think sometimes people do desperate things in times that just don't make sense to anybody. And then it's hard for them to articulate how dumb that was. And, you know, I mean, I don't know what went through her head, but Listen, that was, it was really dumb. Thing, and she paid, she paid dearly for it. One but thing I see, know about but, America is uh-huh. that there is more than one store that sells what you need. Okay. She would have been able well, to she find have no here. money. Listen, Pastor, I, I get it. You meeting her where she is. Cool. Y'all just meet on the corner. I'm going to move on. Um, Because, <laughs> uh, mm so, you know, Diddy is on his brother love. We are the world. I'm about my people train. Mm-hmm. Um, he announced the launch of a new app like two weeks ago called Shop Circulate, which is a way for folks to discover and shop at black owned businesses around the country. That's beautiful, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, a young man named Drixen Kaiser released a statement a day later accusing Diddy of basically stealing the entire concept while he's been actively working on a similar app for a while. For the past year, I've been building, developing, and promoting my Black business discovery app called Circulate. This past Wednesday, P. Diddy announces he's creating a Black business discovery platform called Shop Circulate. This 
is what the black entrepreneur faces all the time. We go underfunded, we can't get loans, we don't have a network to get resources from. Like, look, man, I'm a kid from the South Ward of Newark, New Jersey. I can't fight this machine all alone. I need help, donate to our GoFundMe. And if somehow this reaches the ear of P. Diddy directly, you can email me. So Diddy just added the word shop in front of it. Mm. This will be interesting. You know what this smells like to me? What does it smell like to you? It smells like one of those iconic bad boy record contracts where the artists end up homeless and broke after 10 hits. After 10 (laughs) hits. Yeah. Like, why are you? Why are you out here? Yeah, we have all your albums and you are a Taco Bell and no offense. I like Taco Bell y'all. So, but I'm just saying. They have Taco Bell over there? No. Well, yeah. I used to like Taco Bell. I don't eat it. I understand. No, because you bougie now. You got Hermes Bell or something. I make my own tacos. Well, speaking of all these like fast food and taco consumption, it's no secret that research shows that the U.S. leads the world in extremely high obesity. But it also wouldn't be America without some type of shortcut when trying to find a solution. The (laughs) government is pushing a new FDA approved pill. Tell me about it. I need to know. Trials show that folks who used the product called WeGovy regularly for a little over a year lost at least 17% of their mass. (laughs) But the trip is that same study also showed that those who stopped taking the pill gained everything they lost back. (laughs) There's no easy win. Darn it. (laughs) I just want to get an easy win. To me, when I'm listening to this, the gastric sleeve, which is now a mainstream surgery, even seems more appealing than this BS. Like, well, I don't like what? And Sad. by the way, you're a, a health buff, fitness buff. You're not about to take no pill. I will. <laughs> but not if I'm going to gain it back when I stop chomping down the pills. What would Jesus say, Mia? He would say, be disciplined and take that pill every day. <laughs> okay yeah that's the remix okay this is why she's on this show y'all she's not like the others (laughs) you know what sometimes we just have this perception about um people in ministry we don't see them out in certain places so we don't get to we don't get to get to know them listen what even when i first met you at that moment i was just like oh look what a little fashionable woman of god but then when i met you a year later and you spoke more and i was like oh are you going to drink it? You're drinking that. Cool. All right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think what stood out more, I mean, I'm not like a tunnel vision person. I think I've told you this before. I think what I like about you is that I'm not consistently reminded in conversation that you are a pastor or even just a believer, period. Like I don't, I'm not confronted with it. So for me, yeah. I, I thought that was unique because I have, I was going to say friends, but let me just start with one. I got one that got saved like a little while back and there's just no escaping Jesus really. So yeah, well, there is a no escaping Jesus, but you know, oh, okay. I think I, this is my belief. <laughs> People need to see him more than they hear him. So I believe in showing love. I believe in expressing that love to people. I believe in, you know, positive nature of my religion. I believe in being light and not dark. I don't believe in condemnation for people. I believe in, you know, just always trying to talk somebody down for how they're living. I don't believe that, you know, honey catches bees. <laughs> well, no, bees make honey. Honey catches bears as opposed to vinegar, right? So you give somebody vinegar, what are they going to do? Run from you. But you give somebody honey and they're more attracted to you. So, I mean, there's a lot I would do with vinegar. I'd be grateful. I'll clean my chicken with it. Clean your kitchen. So as open as you are, can you be friends with a atheist? Yes, I'm friends with some atheists. Yes. There are a lot of people that are very much unlike me that are good friends. Any strippers? So really, no. But but I have <laughs> I have some that I love that are family. So oh yeah, I mean you could. So what am I going to say? Bound to have one statistically. statistically Every family. Yeah. The yeah. size of my family. Yeah. <laughs> so the but, family um, reunions are lit. The ratchet <laughs> side and the bougie side. <laughs> We don't have a bougie side in our family. You don't. And I don't. I'm not bougie. Well, no, you're not bougie in how you act. You're definitely for the people. But I just meant like refined luxury tastes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. But yeah. I can have beer. I can have champagne. It's it's fine. You you know what I'm saying? So um, you are you really know, I didn't grow up, champ, Mia. <laughs> I, 
I just didn't grow up, you know, with this super duper lifestyle where everything was like, my mom was a single mom. My mom worked three jobs. Rudy, I helped my mom on her third job. We used to clean toilets in a medical building. What you, what's somebody going to tell me about life, right? But tell me <laughs> this though, because you, you brought up your mom, um, because mm-hmm. you just told me that about these jobs that she had, but she was also a singer. She was a singer. Right? Yes. She sang yeah. background for Ray Charles. Oh, uh, Ray Lett. Uh, Ray, Ray Charles. Yeah. Understanding is the best thing Said again Between A boy and a girl You know One girl And even a Woman or a man It's always better now It's always better traveled Europe, the age 69, and 70, she got married to a very abusive man who loved her beauty, but didn't want to share it with anybody. And so in 70, our lives completely changed, you know, where we were accustomed to having such a beautiful woman around us all the time, her great, beautiful spirit. Yeah, he broke her down until 1973 when she got her gumption, I guess. That's a, that's a real country Southern word. Yeah, she left. She had three kids and a house and um, a car and serious bills. So she worked two, three jobs. She did what she had to do to make ends meet. She didn't become Why didn't a stripper. She, she, she went to work. Go back to singing. Um, she just sang for the church at that time. And because my brother's uh, five years younger than me, it's time she can just like go back into that industry because it was mm-hmm. it required you to travel. But so mm-hmm. if you were a gun point right mm-hmm. how, how far can you carry the note um uh, the cricket. i will anticipate being shot to death quickly <laughs> she said excuse me while i'm praying um <laughs> i will anticipate me, a quick I would, death <laughs> i would like to prep the angels for my arrival <laughs> my sister can yeah. sing. She got oh, it. Yeah. My brother can sing a little bit, but I, I didn't happened? get it. Okay. Oh, I don't know. You know, you know what, what this reminds me of? I saw this clip um, the other day floating around of um, actress um, Yvonne Orji from the show Insecure, who's known for being religious. And she was on this talk show saying, I don't sing because if I could oh, sing, you- I would be a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> I really Did you say if I couldn't sing, I could sing be a stripper? God could not trust me with a singing voice. He knows, like he knows who he can trust. Oh my God. I would be that person like, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, like I just, <laughs> chocolate testimony would be my stripper name. Chocolate testimony? I have the whole thing planned out, but that's you why God's like. have got to make that show. <laughs> He keeps me humble. Like two oh. things I can't I can't have six pack abs because again I would wear pasties to church and I just oh don't my think that's appropriate. I think that God would frown. I think I think he'd be like, daughter, what are we doing? <laughs> I love her. Just right there. Front front and center, just next to the- Imagine if she could sing and had abs. And had abs. I mean, <laughs> shit. She would make somebody's church experience quite enjoyable. Um, so you founded the Metamorphosis Women's Conference like almost yeah. 20 years ago now, right? Last year was our 20th anniversary. Well, that- Metamorphosis is really kind of target to help women tap into what their potential is mm-hmm. and not just their potential, but their purpose. So you're so committed to that cause. Like what made you prioritize that in your life? I love that question. Thank you for asking like that. (laughs) Thank you. You know, um, it was really kind of what I saw with my mom. When I mentioned 1973, that was the year my mom said, I've had enough of this life as it is. And I am going to leave this bad situation. She went back to school while she was working two and three jobs. My mom was in school too, right? She's raising kids. She gave us what we needed so that we could go off to college. You know, her legacy was that she didn't leave life as it was. And I think that was part of what I always saw that was when we talk about an empowered woman, that's a woman that sees her circumstances say, you know what? I can do better. I'm going to do better. And I might know, not know the steps, but I know if I take step one, then step two will follow. And so my goal with metamorphosis has really been to inspire women. And so just really taking that imagery of a butterfly and what we can learn from that life lessons of how it transforms out of what it used to be into something that it not just can be something it's destined to be. It's a process. Women have started businesses. Women have gone back to college, women have paid off their debt. 
women have bought houses. They have done so many things, you know, gotten new jobs, started relationships, ended relationships, had babies, okay. children grow. You know, it's like all kinds of testimonies to see how people really embrace the process of change and transformation. Um, 30 years ago, oh no, probably longer than that now, you saw a man singing, a gospel, he was a gospel singer. And you say, yeah, he gonna put a ring on it. <laughs> Um, not quite like that, like that? okay. <laughs> yeah. that, in my mind, that's not, that's not how it went. Yeah, I met him at a gospel conference. Boom, yeah. I sat over there, he comes over there, crowd died down. So it turns out that he was with the group that had just sang, and they were like little superstars. It was called the Pentecostal Ambassadors. When you have Pentecost in the group name, <laughs> you really just like workers of the church just out in the field. <laughs> what they exactly right? work on my mind. you who was in the group babyface i didn't know that babyface was like from the church like that my husband and babyface grew up together in the church yeah in fact we did babyface well both his weddings <laughs> you co-officiated the wedding but you're also mm-hmm. currently co-pastor with your husband at the houston-based mega church the fountain of praise so while the twenty-five thousand folks in your church know you as a powerful speaker. You actually grew up with a conservative pastor grandfather who didn't believe women taking leadership role in church was. So, so where did you get the strength and courage to forge your own path? Yeah, um, so I had to have a huge paradigm shift going into that, right? Because when God called me, I was doing like a lot of work, administrative stuff. I wasn't a preacher. And so when he, he told me to leave my job and, and I heard this, you know, I was being led and everything was kind of affirming that it was time for me to leave my job, I worked in uh, pharmaceuticals mm-hmm. and slowly I started speaking and you know people kept inviting me to come and speak. And I'm like, what, what's going on here? And then, so I started preparing and studying. And then when God really gave me the affirmation to preach my word, then it was really, like I said, a paradigm shift. I had to think differently about what I had been taught about women and preaching roles and ministry roles. And I really had to overcome some of those, um, the self-talk, you know, we have a lot of self-talk that we'll talk ourselves out of things, right? Not, mm, no, you know, your grandfather be rolling this great, mm, you know, this, but, and it took me um, maybe a couple of years to really embrace it. In my time now in this role, it has been reaffirmed over and over. Even in my home church, they invited me to speak the first time. It was kind of like, ooh, where am I supposed to speak from? Where do you guys want me to speak? Because you're not really into women preachers right now. And so they said, oh, the pastor said you can preach from wherever you want to preach. Or So I went where I was and some people were offended. Maybe about five, six years later, they invited me back and they were like, hey, right here, this, your spot right here. So I was like, okay, you sure? You sure? And I've just never gotten hung up on that. There've been a lot of people ahead of me that have really forged the way and broken through a lot of those barriers that women in ministry, but there's still existing quite a few barriers even today, you know, um, I'm reading a lot about the Southern Baptist Church and there are some women that have left. Beth Moore is a prolific author speaker. And so some of the good old boys really just don't want her presence like that. So they're having to deal with genderism in the church. So I'm just curious, you know, like how it is in the, um, in the church world. Like for example, T.D. Jakes has his mega church hop, skip and a jump away in Dallas and whatnot. And are y'all like healthy rivals, like the Lakers and the Warriors? Like, 
Are your <laughs> choirs battling for the best robes? Like, what's the inside scoop back there? Like, okay, so first of all, it's funny because people that aren't in Texas always think Dallas and Houston are a hop, skip, and a jump. It's like a four-hour drive. I know, but I just met, <laughs> so, but so how far could you go in in Europe in four hours? But it's the same <laughs> as the Bay to L.A. The Warriors are also yeah. not close. That's true. That's you know true. No, well, you know, I um, you. I'm not like those yeah. other Negroes. I'm not a girl, <laughs> but no, no, not that. I just perspective because people say, oh, I'm coming to visit. I'll be in Dallas. Can you, let's go lunch. And I'm like, uh, that's, <laughs> it's that's an they, eight hour day just driving. <laughs> you know why that is? It's because they think you got like Clef Keflo dollars private jet or something. Does you he know? still have his private jet? Oh, well, no, you know, he probably does. But no, you know what? Um, Do y'all have one though? Because you skipped my question. No, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, I have one. It's called United. Having a um, private mode of transportation other than vehicle, car, automobile has not been a priority for us. You know, the closest I've like consistently personally come to Jesus is me watching Greenleaf every week. So uh -huh. real talk, how much of that reminded you of people you know? Uh, probably about, about 90%. And whoever wrote Greenleaf been writing the heck out of it. I'm like, wow. Um, it just, and I had a chance to meet um, Lynn um, Whitfield. And uh, I was like, hey, you make it hard for us pastors' wives around here. <laughs> but, you know, truth is, there's some people in every industry that that have personalities that are strong, that, you know. Of course, but I think yeah. what makes it a thing is that the people in your industry are so busy, like putting on a performance of like, now we, there's a certain perfection that we got to present. That's what makes Everybody it more does appealing. It. The soap opera of it all becomes even more yeah. like, a, like, you know, sensationalized because you're pushing the a different narrative, you know? That's why I was yeah. like, and I don't want to minimize that because it's really true. So, but your church was chosen to host uh, George Floyd's televised homegoing ceremony. How did that whole thing come about? Are they mem are the family members of your church? When he was killed, someone sent the video and they said, "This is so and so's cousin." And I was like, "Huh?" And um, so I just reached out to her and just said, "Hey, I just want you to know your church is praying for you and whatever we can do to support you at this time, we're here." And so, um, you know, they eventually came and asked us if we could host the funeral. And I, I said, initially, I think we thought, you know, oh, we're going to host the family funeral. So we figured, you know, we'd be helping the family, but we didn't realize that we would be helping the world. And so it was, it was an amazing undertaking in the midst of a pandemic. We had, um, I think it was like 30,000 people came through for the day before the viewing uh, day before the funeral to see him. And it was, it was so organized and synced and how people could come and you could just sense, we try to keep the spirit a little uplifted so that people wouldn't feel so heavy, but you could feel and sense the heaviness in a lot of people because the world saw what happened, you know, and it was, it was heart wrenching. And so people came through it. There were people that just stood there and cried and, oh, I'm getting a little goosey thinking about it right now. Did right. you watch it? Did you watch the service? Yeah. Well, you did. You I said I cleared the out the room. Yeah. You did because you said I cleared out the room. Yeah. No, I will say this. I mean, look, I was very um, emotionally affected by the the murder, and and I understood its significance, and I was definitely part of certain protests, so I understood all that. But for me, the actual funeral, I didn't necessarily feel the need to, because in my mind, that's still a personal thing. So the idea that it was being televised, mm -hmm. you know, he wasn't a celebrity. I was just like, it was such a weird thing. Yeah. And the minute I heard that it was happening at your church, I was like, well, I got to watch now. Like, it's like, mm -hmm. well, I got to support <laughs> somehow, <laughs> you know, I'm not, yeah, I'm not good with death and stuff. So I try to, you know, yeah. But so anyway, I watched it. I supported you. And I was like, look at her leading the people. Official. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was quite official. You. Yeah. You know, you know what? Let me say this about death. Because a lot of us have a real difficulty with it. And I, I have problems with 
Girl, whew, I, I always say, don't put me on the pastoral care team because I go to a hospital, I'll see somebody near death, I'm I'm in tears. I'm like, I can't keep my tears from falling back. I'm just an emotional person like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I when I process death as part of life, I think I, I'm a lot better with it. And just understanding that we're all human. We have a time and a purpose on earth. And, you know, I believe that our spirits go on to live. And yet I do believe that some people are gone way too soon, but I'm able to embrace death as life. I get it. And yeah, I mean, even me as a person who's not even coming from like a place of faith, I I see it as part of the evolution of life. But I will say this now that we're on the topic of one of the reasons that I don't believe in God is because this is something I realized later. My mom died. My, my mom died when I was eight and my oh, okay. mom was like a, a very giving person, a, a humanitarian. She was the first uh, female Ethiopian gynecologist. So she did a bunch of wow. great things for people. And I didn't understand. And my grandma was very uh, religious, Eastern Orthodox Christian. And, you know, and I used to go with her to church, but just more well, I thought it was just to hang out with grandma. Like it wasn't really a mm-hmm. thing for me, but I didn't. So then I was like, well, so if God would take away someone like that, then I was like, all right, that's when I started the skepticism mm-hmm. kicked in. Cause prior to that, I was just like, just absorbing and was just like, all right, mm-hmm. okay, okay, God, cool, cool, cool. But then from that moment on, but it was as I got older, cause obviously it's, I didn't come to that realization when I was eight, it was like years later, because my lack of belief is not because of um, ignorance, you know, like I, mm-hmm. uh, I went to Catholic school, so I had theology class and studied the Bible all the time. And then I went to boarding school with the Mennonites and the Amish in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So then I got mm-hmm. the Protestant situation and I had Muslim family members. So I always liked the stories in the Bible and the parables. I thought they were great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, I felt like I'm given the right to choose and make choices. But that that whole like leaving it up to God thing, that's the disconnect mm-hmm. for me. You know what I mean? But everything else mm-hmm. I'm very understanding about, you know? Anyway. About Do me. you consider yourself an atheist or agnostic? Back then I was like, yeah, you know, I believe in a in a higher power. So then, yeah, I guess that would make me an agnostic. Mm-hmm. But then as I got older, even the higher power thing made me think like, well, that's just me. Then that would be me believing that there's one source. And then I'm also like a person who's like fact and science based. And then mm-hmm. it clashed all the time. But I'm a very I'm atheist. <laughs> I'm a very understanding one because I could have a talk uh-huh. with like religious people and not make them uh-huh. They have to defend their faith with me or anything. I'm not one of those yeah. like, ha let me catch you types. You know, I'm like, yeah, I don't know, Mia. Yeah, but well, I'm a good person. I know that. No, no, you are. Hey, being a good person is a great thing. And it's always a, a, a beautiful thing to be because being human is part of what we are supposed to be. I feel you. So, well, then tell me as a pastor and someone who's very active in the community, you meet people from various backgrounds, just different stages in life. Um, what method do you use to connect with them? Like, is it like the help guide them and help them find the path to Jesus type thing? Or is it meet them where they are and just be relatable? What's your approach? Yeah, I, I believe in meeting people where they are. Cause if somebody had come to me with this whole Bible and, and <laughs> tried to talk to me about Jesus when I was in my moments, the words would not have been as nice you know just we have more things in common than we have not in common Mm -hmm. and there is always something we can relate about always but what I'm wondering is okay so that's the initial point of contact because you're trying to uh achieve understanding you want to really get to know how you could be of service but Mm -hmm. in the back of your mind just because also where you are in your own life is the end solution eventually or immediately, depending on when they're ready, is it always that God is the the, the end? Like, is that where we're trying to go? Hmm. 
Um, that's an interesting question. And I think it just kind of depends on the relationship. I, I'm not a person to force anything upon somebody, you know, just being able to, to make yourself available. It's, it's not my job to convert people. I respect that. I'm happy that you found your sweet spot. Yeah. <laughs> so I briefly alluded to your sense of style earlier. Uh-huh. Is it true that you shook up the church by breaking tradition and rocking a white pantsuit in the 90s? Girl, where you find that? Listen, I just want to tell you, the research department at Sheru doesn't fuck around. And by okay. research department, I mean me. I'm thorough, okay? You are very thorough. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a part of a really traditional church at that time. And um, I just had my kid and I couldn't fit anything. I was too heavy for all my clothes. I had one pantsuit that was too big for me that I really liked. I had worn to the Sade concert. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to wear this pantsuit to church. <laughs> and so I looked at my husband. I was like, I want to go to church, but this is the only thing I fit. And he said, well, wear it. And I was like, um, are you ready? Because this is going to make a statement. And there were other churches where people wore pants and I was in a professional career. I wore pants every day. But listen, I want you to understand that today that there are churches that women still can't wear pants to. And there's some churches that women can't, can't wear neat. It's in the statutes. Yes, the signs on the door. And look, there's a, there's a church. Somebody sent me a picture. Of, it was a sign that says women, no pants and no knee boots. Yeah, so it's a lot of genderism in religions. So when it comes to your work in your community, everywhere I turned, there was a nomination or an award. Is there an accomplishment that you are the proudest of? Yeah, I have three boys who are respectful. They're honest. They're good people. So one's a minister, one's an attorney, and one's a medical doctor. That's my biggest accomplishment. Yeah. I mean, the apple, you know, yeah. not far, I'm sure. <laughs> So if there's anything that we have learned about Mia right today, it's that overachieving is your ministry. <laughs> you have like 511 degrees, but you're about to graduate in another and add another one soon. Yeah. What is it for? Um, well, I'm working on a degree from USC in organizational change and leadership, a doctorate. And, um, you know, I see this really kind of as all of my degrees coming together. My science degree in biology and chemistry, I started working for a pharmaceutical firm and did that for like 12 years. And so my science side really has taught me, you know, about the mechanisms of body, you know, pharmacological intervention in our body. So all this whole science side is here in this area. And then I went to uh, theology school. Now I've paired my science and my theology. And I kind of laughed earlier when you said you went to the Mennonite school and it was like, oh, this, ah, you're trying to get your science and stuff together. But I found a nice fit. I saw science as part of a godly ordained, um, uh, discipline and how God gives us the skill to begin to learn and understand and, and connect the dots and, you know, starting like astronomy and how, well, in the Bible, we talk about these early, these wise men and how they followed the stars and such. My third part is my Trinity, I call it, is the educational side. It brings it all together for me. And I hope to take with this degree, um, what I've actually seen is really an expansion of thought. And like I've written a book called Unthinkable. All of these things I have been saying and, and speaking about, I'm like, you mean to tell me there is an actual technical term for this? <laughs> there is a scientific term for this? There are people doing work and research on this for years. And I had no idea because I had been studying it in the theological space. That I, I'll get excited about a few things in my no, life. Really, I, I, a lot of things I'm like, getting really excited about. I'm excited <laughs> for you. I feel like, <laughs> oh man, I ain't shit is what I'm thinking while you talk. No, I just, I don't know what made me decide to go to uh, back and get this doctorate. It's something I've always wanted to do i just one day said i'm gonna reapply well sure. and just did it cheers to you are you still sipping on that retarded <laughs> mix? listen okay my so when, okay so so confession back in my club days my friends always called me one drink <laughs> it's like, yeah, but they also have one drink. finishing the drink right because right now you're a quarter drink you're not even one listen, <laughs> I was always the designated driver. You're walking to the couch. You're not driving. So <laughs> this has become a problem because we are now at the end of this journey. It's not like okay. we have more interview time for you to make it through. 
appreciate you, you know, trying to like expand your cocktail horizon with me today. <laughs> you didn't just show up. I like it. I've interviewed quite a few people. Nobody came with a freshly shaken cocktail. Y'all mediocre asses over Slackers? There. Slackers? Yeah. <laughs> this is why. This is why we're not moving as a people. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> it's been fun with you. I hope you had a it's good time. It's been fun with you. Yes, this was a nice experience. I didn't invite the dominatrix on. Today was for you. So thank you. I feel like you're ready though. Next time I might have to throw uh, one. She in might there. dominate the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that one might have. Yeah. Episode eight, season one. She still lingers. Um, well, all right. <laughs> so quick question then before we bounce. Mm -hmm. If Mary had Jesus, right? And Jesus is the lamb of God. Does that mean Mary had a little lamb? Absolutely. And a lion too. Mm, okay. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you'd have the answers <laughs> say bye to the people bye people <laughs> I just give you my southern twang for it it's been a pleasure you, bye shave do your speakers weekly shave get your liquor and unwind shave then you'll never be behind I want to know you Find me on Instagram and YouTube, Shayru, C-H-E-Z-R-U. Follow, subscribe, invite your mama and your tribe, baby.